Welcome to the Chiefs of the North, hosted by Branton Walker. I'm originally from Kansas, currently living in Minnesota, and I'm a diehard Chiefs fan, and that is where Chiefs of the North comes in. On this podcast, we'll talk all sports, mainly NFL, and of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. On this episode, we're going to talk about week 12 of the NFL season and how beautiful it was to see Mahomes outdual Brady. All right, now that was a pretty big win for Kansas City. You know, looking at the schedule at Tampa, at New Orleans, you knew it would be two of the most difficult games remaining. And they're still fighting with Pittsburgh for home field. And so the thought is they might slip up in one of those games. But what a performance. I mean, they jumped out on them early, you know, 17 nothing, 27 to 10. Seemed like they kind of put it on cruise control after that. And of course, Tampa Bay made some adjustments on offense and defense. But that was some video game stuff. I mean, what Mahomes and Hill were doing early in that game is Madden. That's video game stuff. You know, Mahomes, 359 passing yards in the first half, I believe, is the most yards since 1978. Hill dropped 203 yards in the first quarter, which is just unbelievable. And in Brady's, what, 20-plus years of playing, Mahomes just threw for the most yards against the Tom Brady team. 462. So, you know, definitely an entertaining game. I never really felt like the Chiefs were going to lose, although it got close at the end. I mean, Chiefs final drive, you know, they needed to get a first down or you'd give Brady the ball back with about 40 seconds. He's still Tom Brady. I don't want him having 40 seconds to go. And he had kind of been picking Kansas City's defense apart in the second half. But what confidence and trust Reed has in Mahomes to make the right decision. Listen, it's second down, third down. What do you do in that situation where you're trying to run the clock out and the other team has no timeouts? You're running on second down, you're running on third down, you punt it away and you hope your defense will stop them. Not Kansas City. They're like, we're going to pass it on second. Nothing was there. Mahomes runs. We're going to throw it on third for the first down. We're not giving Brady a chance to get the ball back. We're winning right now. So I loved the way they closed that game out. Big win though. 10 and one. Just came off back-to-back wins against the Raiders and Tampa Bay on the road. Keeps them in a comfortable position seating-wise, you know, on the heels of the Steelers who are still undefeated. And always good to see your team beat Brady. You know, Brady's 43. It's easy to pick on him, you know, making some poor decisions. But he's 43. I mean, quarterbacks aren't doing what he's doing at 43. I mean, Breeze is 41. They're two of the oldest quarterbacks to ever play. I think Brady's the oldest quarterback to be doing what he's doing. You know, guys are done at about 38, 39 years old, and there's a big cliff, Manning, Favre. I mean, Elway. I know Elway won a Super Bowl his last year, but it was the running game and defense that won that for him. There's just a major drop-off. They have to fall off a cliff so fast, and you're not necessarily seeing that with Brady. I mean, he's got, what, 28 touchdowns and 11 picks, you know? So he's still doing pretty well. Easy to pick on him, but great to see Mahomes outduel him. And now... You know, they're probably the last time they'll ever play. And what some would say the current GOAT against maybe the future GOAT, it was nice for Mahomes to even up that score at two and two heads up with him. So big win, entertaining game, video game stuff, and uh, was a lot of fun. Let's stick in the AFC West and talk about the Broncos quick. What an odd situation. And, you know, 2020 as a whole has just been a strange year. You know, players had the chance to opt out prior to the season. 
NFL is adjusting on the fly, trying to make this all work, but no starting quarterback. I mean, they had no active quarterback start that game on Sunday. You had a practice squad guy who's a fringe roster player who I believe is a receiver that you threw in to play quarterback on essentially a day's notice against the Saints. So Denver was in a very tough spot. And I have some you know friends that are Bronco fans and some family. And the thought was, why couldn't you just push this game back a day or so? You did it with Tennessee. You're doing it with Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Why couldn't this game be pushed back? And I know the NFL isn't worried about competitive advantages or disadvantages. It's more about safety, right? Player safety and the spread where Tennessee early in the season, it was continuing to spread. Each day, somebody was tested positive. Same thing with the Ravens. They pushed this game back three times now, but somebody keeps testing positive. Where the Broncos, aside from their quarterbacks, who only one tested positive, but the others were considered you know, high risk, you know, close contact, high risk. But Denver has been following protocol, so the rest of it was under control. Although it seems unfair, like, hey, if you're not following protocol and it's spreading, we're going to accommodate you and push your games back. But if you are following protocol, you have to play. So it's a little backwards, but I understand the NFL. They're not showing favorites. They're just doing what they think is best, and it's going to make some people happy and others not. But, you know, I think that game went like you would expect. I don't think the Broncos would have beat the Saints with Locke, but it would have been much more competitive, and you never know. They completed one pass. One pass. They're the first team since 2011 to not complete a pass in the first half. What's ironic is... The last team to do that was the 2011 Broncos, led by Tim Tebow. And they had more interceptions than completions. They're the first team since 1998. The Chargers were the last team in 98 to have more interceptions than completions in a game. And I believe the Broncos were the first team since 1965. So it was before it was actually the NFL to have a non-QB start a game. So interesting. I mean, I saw today that Locke was cleared and can return to practice. So had the NFL pushed us back even to tonight, Tuesday night, Locke would have been able to play. So I understand the league playing the game because it was contained. It was just, you know, the quarterback situation. But at the same time, that was weird to have no quarterback starting. But I also understand if they had pushed it back to give these quarterbacks time to play and make it more competitive. So it's not my team, so it doesn't really impact me that much. And the Broncos are so far behind right now. Winning or losing doesn't impact the, the Chiefs at this point. But I understand the frustration from Bronco fans saying, hey, we're not asking to push us back a week. We're asking you to push us back a couple days to give our quarterback a chance to play. I mean, is it a good look for the league to have a team playing with no quarterbacks? Maybe not. But at the same time, it's 2020. And there's a lot of guys that are missing games because they test positive, And there are guys missing games because they are negative, but close contact, high risk, right? So we're getting used to that, accustomed to it. If anything... I'm more pissed off if I'm Green Bay and Seattle. I think that impacted them more than the Broncos. I mean, Green Bay and Seattle are both 8-3. and three. The Saints are 9-2. and two, So you're fighting with the Saints for home field, and only one team gets it. That's a big deal. And so if you're Seattle and Green Bay, you're like, hey, you just basically gave the Saints an automatic win. They had a complete competitive advantage. But again, it's what it is, and it's what we're becoming accustomed to this year. I, I think overall the NFL is doing a f- fairly good job with the daily testing, the contact tracing, and everything they're doing. So again, going to stay in the division. How about the Raiders? My goodness, got absolutely smacked by the Falcons. Now, who are playing better? But you got to be kidding me. I think Carr turned it over four times. The Raiders turned it over five. Here's the thing. Did they just put everything into the Kansas City game? Because you could argue their two best games of the year are against Kansas City. Now, they beat Kansas City week five, lost by about 25 the next week. 
they lose to Kansas City in the final 30 seconds and get smacked by 37. So they clearly get up for Kansas City, have matched up well with them, and played arguably their two best games against the Chiefs this year because the weekend after, they've just gotten whooped. You take away their best win, which is Kansas City, week five, and you take away their worst loss, which was the Falcons this past weekend, they're five and four. They're just about an average football team. So how good really are the Raiders? I don't know. You're a team that's fighting for a playoff spot. You go on the road against a team that I don't even think Julio Jones played, one of the best receivers in the league, and you lose by 37 points to a team that has one of the worst records in the NFC. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. And that loss right there could cost the Raiders a playoff spot. They still play the Colts. They still play the Dolphins. Now, the nice thing for the Raiders is the Colts and Dolphins are both one game ahead of them and they get the chance to play them. So they, they control their destiny, but they have no room for error now. And I'll be honest with you, it would be absolutely hysterical if they lost to the Jets this weekend. I think it would be great. So I'm a big Jets fan this weekend, not only to get your first win against the Raiders, but pretty much officially knock the Raiders out of the playoffs. But that was crazy. You know, again, hard to figure out what type of team they are because they look so good against Kansas City. Almost beat them for the second time and then lose by 37 in Atlanta. Let's go to some Thanksgiving Day football. Always got to talk about the NFC East. How about the Cowboys choking on Thanksgiving and blowing an opportunity to be in first place in that division? It's interesting because right now the Cowboys currently have the worst record in the NFC, but they're one game out of first place. I'm going to repeat that. (laughs) Think about this for a second. The Dallas Cowboys have the worst record in the NFC, but they're one game out of first place in their division. I think each week that division gets worse and worse than we even think it can be. Gibson and McLaurin, those are some good young studs. Those guys look really good. Looks like the Redskins have a couple guys to work around offensively, but how embarrassing for the Cowboys. They beat Minnesota. You got a Redskins team traveling on a short week. You're like, okay, Dallas is going to win two games in five days. Most people think they're the most talented team still, even without Dak, and they get smacked at home. Cowboy fans just give it up. Give it up. You're not making the playoffs because here's the deal. You're now a game out of the division, but the tiebreaker would be com- or division record at that point. They have by far the worst division record in that division. I think they have two less wins than the Redskins and Giants, I believe. So the Cowboys at this point are going to have to probably win that division by a, a full game. And they're not going to make up two games with five remaining games left. So Cowboys are pretty much done. I think they blew it on Thanksgiving Day, which again, I think it's great. I'll be honest with you. I'm not a Raiders fan, not a Cowboys fan. I think it's great. The Cowboys have been mediocre at best since the 90s, but those fans can hang on to those three Super Bowls they won in four years when I was in elementary school and junior high. So congratulations, Cowboys. Going to last night's game, sticking in that division, kind of a boring game. You know, Seattle pulled it out. Doesn't matter how you win, just win. Carson Wentz, he does not look very good. And I understand that they have a a bad offensive line and Philadelphia as a whole just seems like a mess. But again, he's playing in the worst division in football. You just played the worst pass defense of football and through, what is it, 10 or 11 games, one of the worst defenses in the history of football. And you had negative yards in the first quarter passing, I believe, eight or nine yards at half. I mean, Carson Wentz is making horrible decisions. His footwork is brutal. He leads the league in turnovers. You know, you need some help around you. And the offensive line is a big deal, but he has digressed completely. And I saw a thing on him the other day that, what was it? Wentz in 2020 is the sixth quarterback in league history whose passer rating has dropped more than 24 points below his combined rate over the last three seasons. 
He's the only QB on the list younger than 30. It was Mark Rippon in 93, Joe Theismann 85, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre. But those guys, all of those guys were at the tail end of their careers and past their prime. I believe Wentz is only 28 years old, and he's also only completed 58% of his passes, which is one of the worst in leagues. Again, he leads the league in interceptions, and I believe turnovers overall. He's a mess. He's an absolute mess. And it's a good thing there weren't fans in that stadium, or I don't think he would have made it out alive last night. <laughs> but yet, here the Eagles are, what, a half or half game out of, the, out of first place in the division? I mean, it's, it's embarrassing to watch that division play and to think that somebody is going to host a playoff game. But the last two or the only two teams to win the division that had a losing record were Seattle and Carolina, and both of them actually won a playoff game. So they would have an, some sort of an advantage playing at home. But again, I've been saying this for weeks now, you're going to have a 5-11 and 11 or 6-10 and 10 NFC East winner hosting a 10-6 10, 10 and 6 or 11-5 and 5 wildcard team, which, which seems backwards. The other game on Thanksgiving, you know, both of them were blowouts, but Watson, my goodness, he's been balling out for Houston. I think in the last six weeks, he has 16 touchdowns and no turnovers. You know, Fuller's a solid receiver who now he's lost for six weeks. I think Fuller was suspended for the rest of the season. You know, I guess the only nice thing about that, if, it, if there is anything, is that the Texans aren't making the playoffs. So it's not going to hurt them the rest of the season, but it, it's going to hurt Watson with, you know, who he has to throw the ball to because Fuller, when he's healthy, is a pretty good receiver, one of the best deep threats in the league. But man, Watson is just playing so well. And uh, again, showing that he's still one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. The Texans aren't a good team, but he can beat you in so many ways. And, and he's impressive. A lot of fun to watch. Let's go to the NFC North and talk a little Sunday night football. How good is Rodgers looking this year? And he's reminding all of us that he's maybe the best to do it. I understand that Tom Brady's considered the GOAT because of his accolades, but Aaron Rodgers makes it look easier than any quarterback in the history of football dominated the Bears, made it look easy, had, what, four touchdowns midway through the third quarter. The Bears went back to Mitch Trubisky, which I understood. You were 5-1. and one. Foles wasn't giving any life. He wasn't playing any better than Mitch. You're like, okay, Mitch, you've been out for, what, four or five games. You've had a chance to watch things unfold. And he comes in and looks even worse than before. So as Bears fans, you've got to be discouraged that it just doesn't matter which one of those quarterbacks is playing. You don't really have much of a chance to win. Again, I've said you've got two backup quarterbacks as your starters. Shoot, they might be third-string quarterbacks. You might be playing Foles and Trubisky as your starter. They might be third-string quarterbacks at this point because Mitch looks looked lost out there, and he's still making such bad decisions, so I don't understand it. But you now have a Bears team that was 5-1 and one that's pretty much put themselves out of the playoff race at 5-6. and six. Yeah, they might be a game back, but this Bears team is a mess. And I remember saying when they were 5-1, and one, hey, it's going to get tough for them. They have a tough schedule. But they just need to find four more wins. Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> They're not even going to finish 500. But I think right now, you know, Wilson has kind of fallen off a little bit the last month in terms of, of turnovers, touchdowns, things like that. So I think at this point, the division or the MVP race is between Mahomes and Rodgers. Five weeks to go, a lot of things can happen. Obviously, the Chiefs have more weapons than Green Bay, but Green Bay has a much softer schedule remaining and, and, and lesser defenses to go up against. So it's going to be interesting to see that race unfold. Can Mahomes win his second regular season MVP in three years? I mean, are you kidding me? MVP is first year starting. Super Bowl MVP is second year. Regular season MVP, his third year starting. And there's still a potential Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP yet in the cards for him again this year. So honestly, I don't know if there's ever been an athlete, any sport that has had a better start to his career than Mahomes. I'm being serious. Maybe I'm biased because I'm a Chiefs fan. You tell me another athlete in any sport that has had a better start to their career than Mahomes. I don't, I don't think it's happened. And he's just getting started. He's, he's, he's better this year than he was 
last year. I mean, his first year, crazy numbers, crazy stats. Last year, missed a few games, didn't have the touchdowns, but didn't have the turnovers, but was a much smarter quarterback, better footwork, better decision-making, more patience. You could see that. He's even better now. And he also said last year, he started learning to read defenses, you know, midway through the season or, or late, late into the season. He's just getting better. And that is scary for the rest of the league, but that's incredible for Kansas City. So thrilled with where he's at, thrilled with where the Chiefs are at. But it's going to be interesting to see this Rodgers-Mahomes MVP races as the season moves forward. All right, so a couple teams in the NFC that are on the outside looking in but got big wins. The Vikings, you know, dramatic come-from-behind win late against the Panthers. And San Francisco sweeping the Rams, beating them yet again in overtime in L.A. Now, can one of those teams overtake a current team in the playoffs and get in? I don't know, because if you look at the standings right now in the NFC... You know, the Vikings and, and 49ers are one game back behind the Cardinals. The Rams and, and Bucks have seven wins, so they're essentially a couple games up. But the Cardinals right now are one game ahead of the Vikings and 49ers. But if you look at the schedules, the Cardinals have the Rams at home this weekend, but then they have the Giants, Eagles, 49ers, and Rams. So even if they went three and two, you know, they're nine and seven. Okay, so let's say nine and seven is the seven seed. Nine and seven is the seven seed. So that's what Minnesota and San Francisco are trying to push for. If you look at Minnesota's schedule, currently five and six, so let's say they have to get to nine wins. They play the Jaguars. I think that's a win. They're going to be six and six, 500. But they play at Tampa Bay, Chicago, at New Orleans, and at Detroit. I see two losses remaining on the Vikings schedule at Tampa Bay, at New Orleans. Let's say they go three and two. That puts them at eight and eight. I don't think they're going to win at Tampa or win at New Orleans. So I think best case, the Vikings are eight and eight. That's just not going to be enough to make the playoffs. And if you go to the 49ers, same thing, five and six. Play the Bills at home, but then they have Washington, Dallas, the Cardinals in Seattle. So still have the Bills and Seahawks. Yeah, I don't, looking at this, and I hadn't looked prior, I don't think the Vikings or 49ers are going to get in. I think the Cardinals at nine and seven will get the final playoff spot. And the Vikings are going to be kicking themselves because you lost to the Cowboys a couple weeks ago at home. And here's the thing, maybe Viking fans don't realize this, but I, I had looked it up prior. Had the Vikings won that game, they'd be six and five. The Cardinals would be six and five. But at this moment right now, the Vikings would have a better conference record. So Minnesota would currently be the seventh seed. Just like the Raiders losing to the Falcons, that might cost them a playoff spot. The Vikings losing to the Cowboys, that might cost them a playoff spot. Because here's the deal. It's six and five. We talked about nine and seven probably getting in. At six and five, they could lose at Tampa. They could lose at New Orleans, get to nine and seven, and that's probably good enough to get you in. Now I think best case for Minnesota is eight and eight. So I kind of want to talk about this Baltimore-Pittsburgh game that's now been pushed back three times and will be played about a week later than it was originally scheduled for last Thanksgiving. You know, Pittsburgh's kind of been screwed a couple times this year. They lost their bye earlier in the season when Tennessee had a big outbreak and that game got pushed back. Now they won, but now you're going to host the Ravens on a short week, which that's an advantage for the home team. And Baltimore's going to be out multiple guys. Now Jackson's not going to still play. Andrews is, is, is out. But a couple other guys have been cleared to return tomorrow night. If I'm Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm ticked off. You know, you, you cost us our buy earlier in the season because of another team likely not following protocol. Now you're pushing us back almost a week because another team wasn't following protocols more than likely, and it's giving them more time to get guys back. I mean, that just doesn't seem right. Again, it goes back to, I think the NFL has done a great job and they're being applauded by a lot of people, but this, this doesn't seem like they're handling it the right way. Make them play, if not forfeit. I had heard yesterday or read yesterday that the Ravens 
were contemplating, some players were contemplating boycotting and not playing. Okay, fine. NFL, call their bluff. Don't accommodate them and push it back. Call their bluff. They're not going to play and make them forfeit. It's a loss for the Ravens. Here's the thing. I think the Ravens were going to lose regardless. Andrews, Jackson, I don't think the Ravens were going to win anyway. So I think we're just delaying the inevitable. You're going to try to push the NFL in the corner? Don't play. This is your fault. You guys are the ones that put yourself in this position. So don't cry to the NFL's Players Association. Play the game. Get smacked like you're likely going to and move forward. Now, here's the thing. Talking about the AFC and NFC playoff picture, right now the Ravens would not be in the playoffs. They're currently on the outside looking in by, well, I guess if they lose, it'd be a full game. But here's the deal. After this Pittsburgh game, which again, I think they were going to lose regardless, they host the Cowboys, play at Cleveland, finish up with Jacksonville, the Giants, and the Bengals. Baltimore, even losing to Pittsburgh, is getting in the playoffs. They're getting in. It's going to happen. So that means that one team currently in is going to miss out. The wild cards right now are the Browns at 8-3, and three, the Dolphins and Colts 7-4. and four. I'm going to stick to the fact that I think Cleveland is going to somehow not make the playoffs. They play at Tennessee. I think they're going to lose. They play at Balt- or they play Baltimore. I think they're going to lose. They have the Giants and Jets and then Pittsburgh. I could easily see Cleveland losing three more games. Tennessee, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. That's six losses right there. But I have, a, I have a funny suspicion they're going to lose one of the games to the Giants and the Jets. Likely the Giants. I do. I think they're going to finish 9-7. and seven. Now, I could be wrong. I have nothing against the Browns. But Titans, Ravens, Steelers, I think those are three losses for Cleveland. They've been beating up on bad teams this year. Baker Mayfield is doing the bare minimum. He's game managing right now, but it's working because they're running the ball and playing solid defense against bad teams. And I do think they're going to slip up to either the Giants or Jets. So I think nine and seven, but that's not going to be enough to get them in. I think the, the Dolphins, I think the Colts will have more than nine wins. And I just read you the Ravens schedule. So I think Baltimore is going to get in. I think the Browns will be knocked out. And I think the Raiders, I think that loss to the Falcons is going to cost them a playoff spot. They're not winning out. You just got smacked by the Falcons. Now, they play the Jets this weekend, but they still have the Colts, the Chargers, who they barely beat. They have the Dolphins and at Denver. At Denver's not going to be easy. So I think the Raiders are going to be on the outside looking in, and I think that Falcons game costs them. Current playoff standings, as of right now, the Chiefs would play the Colts. <laughs> that wouldn't be an easy matchup in the wild card round. You know, the Colts have an extremely good, they have a great offensive line. A mall, again, again, they can maul you. Defense isn't bad. Now, Rivers isn't what he used to be. They're not as talented as Kansas City, but the Chiefs could go 14-2, and 15-1, and one, and maybe host the Colts in the wildcard round. That'd be tough. So I think it's important to get that by. I think it's important to get that by. And I've, I've been saying this for a while. I think the Steelers are going to lose to Buffalo and open the door for Kansas City to maybe get home field. But the Chiefs still play at Miami and at New Orleans. That New Orleans game, if the Chiefs can get past New Orleans, I like their chances to get home field. But AFC is loaded. This is the toughest the conference has been in years. Again, it's, I think it's way better than the NFC at this point. It's going to be a dogfight. Whoever comes out of the AFC, I mean, Kansas City, you know, <laughs> didn't put themselves in the best position last year by falling down double digits in every game. <laughs> but the path this year will be much more difficult. So if Kansas City is going to repeat and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, it's going to be much tougher than last year and a bigger dogfight than it was before. NFC side of things, I think your playoffs are set. It's just about so just about the seedings at this point. Again, I, I don't think the Vikings or 49ers are going to catch Arizona. I think Arizona has an easier schedule. They also have a one-game cushion. So a little bit of room for error. I think the best the Vikings or 49ers are going to do is 8-8, eight and eight, and that's not going to get you a 7 seed. And the Bears, same record as the Vikings and, and 49ers, but it's the Bears. Come on. They might not win another game the way they're playing. 
So it's going to be exciting to see how these final five weeks unfold. I think the NFC playoffs are pretty much set. It's just seeding. AFC, the only thing, I mean, can Miami catch Buffalo for the division? You know, they play the last game of the year. Can Baltimore get in? And if they do, who are they going to overtake? Is it going to be Cleveland? Is it going to be Indianapolis? Or is it going to be Miami? And I think the Raiders cost themselves a playoff spot. Can't wait for next weekend. Love primetime games, especially Sunday night football. I thought for about a week, the league was going to move Denver and Kansas City out of that Sunday night slot, but they didn't. You know, I think the Browns-Titans play, the Cardinals-Rams play. So those might have been more appealing games from playoff standpoints, but Mahomes and the Chiefs, people love watching them in prime time. They're big draw in the NFL, so they kept that game, and I'm all about it. So can't wait for the game. It'll be a lot of fun. You know, Denver has nothing to lose at this point, so they might pull out all the tricks. You know, these are tough games because it could be like fourth and three, fourth and four. The Broncos try a fake punt. The Broncos go for it. What do they have to lose? At this point, the Broncos are just trying to hurt the Chiefs home field chances but that's pretty much it for uh, week 12 of the NFL recap and I'll get back at it next week